I used to have a fixed mindset. I used to be the person who just said, I don't have a good voice. I cannot sing. I am not good on camera. I cannot do that. I am not good at sales. That's just the way it is, right? And when my mindset shifted to know that our stories change when our actions change, as as Tony Robbins likes to say, that when you do the actions that are uncomfortable, that it shifts you into becoming the person who is a better singer, who is better on camera, who feels not so awkward at networking events. Understanding that, that we're all growing and changing will make you more healthy. It'll make you better in your relationships and it'll make you a lot more financially successful. Just keep going towards your dreams. Keep stepping into the things that are uncomfortable and you will become the very best version of yourself. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 548. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. I am so excited to have the chat that I am about to have with our guest today, Bonnie Fay, because I have to tell you, we hopped onto our pre-chat, and as it turned out, we worked together, what, Bonnie, six years ago, five years ago, maybe? Yeah. Which just ties into a lot of what we're going to be talking about. But our guest today, listeners, is Bonnie Faye from Sourcet. And Bonnie, I'm so happy to to reconnect. I don't even know where we took our own roads. And I know that I had three more kids and my whole business evolved. But I'm so happy to have you here. And I can't wait to hear what you've been doing and for you to share with the listeners. Yeah, I'm so excited. This is such a fun call on so many levels. Oh, yeah. I mean, Listeners, when we worked together all those years ago, we were I was helping as a virtual assistant with co-working spaces, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I know that's not what you do now. So I would love for you to share your evolution as an entrepreneur with the listeners and tell them more about what you do today. Sure. So my journey began when I was a balloon artist many years ago, and I knew I needed to get a quote unquote real job. And so I learned about SEO, which led me to doing consulting for the co-working spaces that Kim just mentioned. And so I ironically went from having the most fun job ever to having a job where I was feeling overworked and sad and wasn't even making as much money as I was making as a balloon artist. Really? Yeah, seriously. That was something maybe you didn't know. <laughs> I had no idea. I mean, I really didn't know about the balloon artist until I was reading your your podcast intake form because that was just something that we never talked about before. Yeah, yeah. It's just some part of my background. And I think it's an important thing to mention because we all have different paths, right? Oh, yeah. So I started with that. And I went to this internet marketing conference. And I somehow wiggled my way into the VIP area. And I started hanging out with these marketers who ended up spending $38,000 on alcohol in just four hours. And that was a huge moment in my life because I had made that year like $16,000. And 
I thought to myself, oh my God, they just spent twice what I made this year in four hours. And so my head immediately began racing. And so I started like prodding them for like answers. So I started to figure out like, oh, well, they must be so good at Facebook ads. They must be so good at video marketing. They must be so good at like all of the things. And what I quickly realized is that they didn't have any of the same skills that I was going after. They had the skill set of hiring the right people to do the jobs for them and Mm -hmm. didn't even know how to do those things. And that's where I had this light bulb moment where I was like, well, if I want to have the level of success that they're having, I need to do what they're doing. I need to learn how to hire people. So that's sort of where my journey began and kind of escalated from there. Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm still like mind boggled about $38,000 in alcohol over four hours. <laughs> what a party. <laughs> I, was so, I was so excited like by that just because it was so life changing that I was taking out my my camera and I was recording videos. I was like, guys, my life just changed. My life just changed. I just I just saw someone spend that amount of money on alcohol. That's twice what I made this year. Like life could be so different for me. And it really was. That was really the beginning of seeing things differently. I mean, Bonnie, that thirty eight thousand like both of my weddings combined weren't even a tenth of that. Yes, people, I do <laughs> weddings cheap. Okay. So, I mean, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I would love to know what they did. What was the first step that you took after you left that? And, and what were the changes that you started making? So I immediately went home and I realized that I needed to go on Upwork and get a virtual assistant. At the time, that was like the thing to do. And so I hired this amazing woman named Lisa. Now, Lisa is someone, the type of person who would be a great benefit to your listeners if they're looking to hire help that's really affordable. So there's a really great market of people who are retired, who have really advanced professional skills, and they're bored and they want something to do. So Lisa fell into that category. She had managed multi-million dollar projects for AT&T, and she had managed 300 employee divisions and kept everything on time and on budget for multi-million dollar projects. And then she was bored and she was like, well, I think I'm going to help this girl. And so she worked for me for, should I say how much? I don't think she'd care because she's not. Oh, I'd love to know. She worked for me for $15 an hour. Wow. I know this is way below her pay grade. Trust me. She was like a hundred dollar an hour level person, but she was bored and she really liked me and she wanted to help. So she worked with me for $15 an hour and she started process creating processes and systems in my business so that my business could run without me. So she took all these outsourced workers who are working for at the time between two and $3 an hour. And then she created systems for all these things that they could do for me. Right. And then we could resell to our clients. And then the craziest thing happened, Kim, I got pneumonia within three months of working with Lisa. And I was totally incapacitated for weeks. And that's the moment when my my profits had quadrupled. And it was only because someone else had been smart enough to come into my business, set up the processes and systems so that my business could run without me, that I was able to be completely not working and making four times as much money. And that was another huge, you know, light bulb moment where I was like, wow, this is powerful. Wow. 
Now, were you doing the co-working? Was this when you were still in the co-working business? Because, totally. Okay, because I remember you having some pretty awesome systems set up. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, I don't remember at what point you came in. So you might yeah, have been I don't, I don't remember I, I either. But I was like, hiring you that like that we had already like hit a certain level of profitability. But this was how it began before I guess you came into the yeah, picture. Before I came in because yeah, you were on point. And I, I didn't get that through my thick head for another five years that I needed <laughs> the same in my business. So I can totally feel you. I mean, now um, my there are days when I feel like there's way too much to get done in the business. And I want to cancel a podcast but my team's like we've got it handled and if there's anything that you can delegate already then we're going to go into your inbox and we're going to get it but you should have done it already because you're not supposed to be doing everything yourself kim hello i mean honestly i just think that's so beautiful your own evolution i imagine it's so inspiring for the people who listen just to know that you could you know start off as a virtual assistant and you could have this amazing team and i'm sure that so many people at home are just so proud and inspired to to see your example well, Bonnie, I, I don't know that it was necessarily when I was working with you, but if listeners, if you haven't heard this story before, I started as a VA when I built, when I started my business in 2012, charging $8 an hour. Whoa, crazy. Yeah, $8 an hour. And we, we being my husband and I and my two boys who we had at the time, we were living in a, in a rent controlled apartment because we couldn't afford anymore. We were on food stamps, you know everything. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. I want you to know, listeners, there's nothing wrong with public assistance, especially if you're doing everything and anything that you can to get your feet out from underneath you. And But we needed some extra money. So that's how the business got started. And since then, that was in 2012, we're recording this in 2018. I mean, we've bought a home, definitely not charging $8 an hour anymore, but there, there needs those to come those points. Like Bonnie seeing people buying $38,000 of liquor that you're just like, okay, what needs to change? Exactly. And what can I change? Because you can't change everything overnight. Yeah, exactly. That's such a good point. And wow, so inspiring. I'm I'm just glowing here listening to your story. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And three more kids in the process. Yes, you can have kids and build a business. It might give you like 18,000 gray hairs. (laughs) 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 But you can. So, okay, so you started hiring people. How big did your team, or how big is your team now, I guess? I'm curious. So, it's big, but it's composed of freelancers. So, we are always onboarding and offloading people depending on what's going on in the the business, so it shifts. But a pretty consistent force in my business is always having a writer. So, we have an amazing writer named Emily. She works with us on all our content. And we have an incredible sales assistant. So, she helps us with all our sales. She's actually conducting our webinars right now for me, which is amazing. She does all our sales calls, which is amazing. We're looking to hire a tech VA. So that's like on the radar for us. By the time this episode airs, we will no longer be doing that. But just that's what's going on right now. We have video editors that work with us. So typically those people are international. We have um, sometimes graphic designers and we always have a tech person who is overseas so that he can do like our web pages because we tend to create a lot of web pages and we do a lot of split testing and it's helpful to have someone who just understands that and can do it at a really, really reasonable cost. 
Bonnie, after Lisa, what was the most pivotal hire that you made? Gosh, that's a really great question because Lisa was with me for so long. And so it was such a long bridge of what really was the next big impact. I would have to say that the next big hire, which was so important, was probably Cheryl, Cheryl Binney. So Cheryl was a copywriter and she was the person who helped me launch my entire course. At the time, she was getting her foot in copywriting. So she wasn't charging the rates that she's commanding today. And she, in my opinion, was every bit as talented as she is today. And she helped me write out our entire course. She helped me create all the landing pages. She helped me create all the sales copies. She helped me write the webinar. And I had really not had the expertise to do any of that. So having somebody hold my hand through every step of that process was so important. And when we launched our course, we launched it at a multi six figure level. And I know, you know, without people like Cheryl writing the emails and doing all those things that I knew so very little about, it wouldn't have been possible. Wow, that's amazing. My husband just walked into the kitchen. He doesn't realize I'm on a podcast. But I mean, it's really no different now than when we were working together six years ago. He was just sitting next to me in in our living room (laughs) office then instead of on opposite sides of the house. But I love how you talked about about Cheryl being just as awesome then as she is now, just not commanding the same rates, because that has been really pivotal in my business. I don't hire people who have been in the industry for a really long time, unless it's somebody in a really specialized field, like Infusionsoft. Yeah. I, I can't get somebody who's just starting Infusionsoft now to manage campaigns, like six figure launches that just, mm-hmm. that can't happen. But my team right now has 10 people and most of them were entirely green when they started working with me. And I love that. Because I love that too. We're setting up the SOPs or they are, I should say. Mm-hmm. They're setting yeah. up the whole process flows of how they go through it. And when they want to move on to something else in the business, then mm-hmm. they have the SOP and they train the next person who comes in after them. And yeah. they're, they're even at the point where they're interviewing the next people who come in because they know what our team dynamic is. And I've like our last three hires, I have not even met them until they're part of the team. It's so funny because we're coming so full circle on so many things. Like that's exactly what I teach people to do. So it's hilarious that we've been separated for however many years. And now you're doing the exact things that I would recommend people do when I teach my course. Well, I'm glad you're out there teaching it because that's actually, I love talking about it, but I don't want to teach it. Okay. Does that? Yes. So thank you for being out there so that I you're can welcome. direct people to to you you're so welcome. I don't have to teach it. <laughs> yeah, I love teaching. So it's all good for me. <laughs> now, I know there's, we have a large demographic here of people all around the world. So there, I mean, there's a lot of listeners in New Zealand, there's a lot of in the US, but I mean, I think there's 90 countries listening to us. But I want you to focus for a second on the people who are in the US and might be concerned about where they're going to hire from. Because they might be shopping for people. And that sounds really bad, but I know what I'm trying to say. Shopping for people in the US and just the rates are more than they can afford. So what suggestions do you have for those people so that they can start to elevate their business without going bankrupt? Sure. Well, if they know that they can't hire in the US because it's not an option for them, first of all, like that's okay. And you don't have to have shame in that. I was only able to hire people in the US because I outsourced first. So there's 
something to just like relieve yourself of like any kind of guilt or anything like that, because it doesn't have to be a black and white issue. You can start by hiring overseas and that can propel your business to a level like uh, I did with Lisa, where I am now, you know, I, I made four times as much and then I could hire more people locally. So just from a guilt perspective, relieve yourself. Secondarily, you're going to want to start by really making a time inventory, seeing where your time is going on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. What are the repeatable tasks that I like to call time sucks that after you do them, you're like, hmm, wow, that really sucked. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or, gee, I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> right? Like, so, you know, you can use that as a barometer the types of tasks you want to start to let go of, right? And then you can really just see where a lot of those, those tasks are. Are they creative tasks? Are they doing things on Canva? Are they managing Facebook ads with a processor or system? Wherever your time is going, you want to make a list. And then let's say a lot of them are administrative. Then you know you need to hire a virtual assistant. Okay, when, which is where most of... Uh, people are going to start. So you're going to want to hire a virtual assistant. Okay, great. Then you're going to want to say, okay, what other like nice to have qualities would it be? Would it, do I really need someone who's a virtual assistant, but they need to have like a really good, strong, creative eye? Or is it more important that they have a really good technical sense? And you can't get everything. So don't try to be like, I need the perfect virtual assistant who has a really amazing eye for content and they're a really good graphic designer and they're really good with video editing and they can talk to my clients and like everything. Like if you do that, you're setting yourself up for failure because none of us are wired to be geniuses with everything. Yeah, this so, is not virtual fairy godmother. Yeah, it's not <laughs> virtual fairy godmother. Exactly. <laughs> so once you've done that, then you can begin the process of writing out your job description and then posting on a couple sites. And I can go deeper into that process, but I'd love to like hear what you have to say, you know, about this so far. Well, I was trying to be the virtual fairy godmother for myself. Really? Oh, yeah. Like my podcast took four months longer than it should have to launch because not only was I working on all my client work, but I was also trying to design my logo. Oh. I, I, I mean, I have the creative background just like you. So I don't know if you ever found yourself in Canva trying to design stuff or in my case, it was in Illustrator and Photoshop, but I was just so unhappy with my own logo. And I finally went to Upwork, found Kenneth, who's actually in the Philippines. And in a day, he had me back the logo, like the, the logo that we still use on the podcast today, 500 and something episodes later. That's amazing. I just have fun with graphic design. I could get into rabbit holes with it. And like, I'm glad to have the graphic designers on my team to like, make things really beautiful. But like, I totally can see that. Oh, me too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I really have to have my task list in front of me reminding me what I need to do today. Or I can find myself in lead pages building out lead magnets or um, landing pages and in Canva or whatever tool I have open at that moment doing my lead magnets. It's very interesting you say that because here's something for your listeners. When you first get started with outsourcing and delegating, you tend to feel like you need to do everything yourself, right? And what Kim's talking about is the reverse 
of once you've been doing this for a long time, you realize that delegation actually takes discipline. Like it takes discipline to delegate because it's so fun to create something in Canva. And it can be so fun and feel so productive to check off that box and get that lead page done. But when you realize that there's somebody for less than $15 an hour who can handle that for you, and then in place of that, you can be doing your $100, $200, you know, $1,000 per hour work. Then you realize, wow, I'm leaving a lot of money on the table by doing that graphic. And actually, as much as I want to be creating that graphic, that's actually blocking me from making a hundred bucks today. And when you have that light bulb moment, you have to be like kind of tapping your own hand and be like, no, no, stop it. Stop with the Canva. (laughs) Let that go. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Uh, Listeners and Bonnie, if you can hear it, there's apparently a fire truck in my neighborhood. So... It's surprising. I'm in Ohio, but once in a while, it feels like New York City. There was a point last year in 2017 where I actually spent three months editing all my podcast episodes. And at that point, it was a daily show, doing the show notes, doing all the graphics, doing all the marketing. And at the end of those three months, I looked at the bank account. It was right before Christmas. And I I just started crying. I was like, we are broke. I don't know how we're going to pay for Christmas. And I looked back and I realized that I had spent... 70 hours, seven zero people, 70 hours a month on my own podcast because I didn't want to spend $300 outsourcing it. Wow. And when I looked at those 70 hours, I was already Infusionsoft certified. I had clients who were waiting for work to be done. I mean, 70 hours a month times my rate. That was multiple five figures that I had just basically flushed down the toilet because I was getting in my own way. Wow, that's the most powerful story I've ever heard from any podcast host I've ever been on in terms of the power of of getting in your own way. Yeah, I was like, okay, this needs to change. And then I, Lang and her husband Brent now do all the podcast production. And I found her in January. I actually brought her on as a VA. But one thing, and I'd love to know your thoughts on this, is I've told every single one of my team members, I want to know what you want to do. I don't want you doing something that bores the heck out of you. Such a great question. Yeah. Yeah. So they come in and a lot of my people come in and they start doing show notes because it's a great way to get to know what I'm about is by listening to the episodes and just getting more familiar with the brand. But then they start seeing other things and we have team meetings. I think meetings can be really redundant and a waste of time, but we do it every two weeks. Just catch up. What's going on? Let's get it done in an hour and let's keep on going. Mm -hmm. And Lang said to me, she said, I want to give editing a shot. Can I take a shot at it? And I was like, yeah, please go ahead. And she did a fabulous job. And since then, her husband has quit his job. He's at home and they're building their own business with like, I don't even want to know how many people she's got underneath her right now. But um. So that fell off the plate and now they're doing all the transcriptions and everything. So I record the episode and that's it for me. It's amazing. Yeah. That's great. But in the spirit of total transparency, I was the one in Canva this past weekend updating all my Pinterest board covers because I wanted to, but looking back at how much time I spent, oh my gosh. Well, no shame in your game. You know, none of us are perfect and Canva is very fun. So, oh, it is. <laughs> you know, yeah, like it's about what you do most of the time that counts. Like, I like to compare it to food in some ways. It's like, 
you know, it's what you do 90% of the time that really creates your overall health picture. It's not when you have the, you know, the ice cream as a treat or anything like that. So I wouldn't worry about that. Well, I've gotten a lot better delegating in the last month. Actually, I said to my my business manager this morning, I said, I feel like I'm abusing delegation. <laughs> I said, I have forwarded it into, and filed so many emails in my box this morning. I feel like I'm finally getting my money's worth out of Gmail and teamwork because yeah. it's just not staying in my box. And I actually have somebody who's also helping me manage my inbox. It's just, I was there and I wanted it out. I don't want to see it. Yeah. And she said, no, that's what you need to be doing. Do you realize how much you've gotten done in the last week just because you're not trying to do everything? Yeah. 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 So what's your favorite part of what you do now? I love making videos. Mm. I absolutely love being on camera. I love laughing at my own jokes when I'm on camera. I get a really good kick out of myself. I love seeing what our video editors do after I'm on camera because they make me look even better in terms of they when you have a good video editor what it does is they will take anybody and they can make you look like such a better version of yourself they'll take all the ums and the ahs and the moments where you lost your train of thought out and then they'll take the moments where you were cute or funny and charming and they'll stack those and then you see this version of yourself when you're working with someone really talented where you're just like oh my god is that me? And it's it's actually not. <laughs> but it's like the best version of you. So I love doing that. I was about to say that would be like a really choppy video with me. And like the movie Up, Disney, like I get ups or ups. Yes. See, there's my blooper right there. I get squirrels every two minutes. I'm like, oh, maybe I should talk about this. And yes, I could work off a script. But for me, that just doesn't work. It sounds like I'm reading a script. You know, maybe I just need to do outlines instead of scripts. We're actually developing a video course that I can share with you after this episode that's yet to be released and it'll help you with all that. We have a process that like just takes people through it step by step. So you don't have to worry about it. But for our listeners at home, what they can get immediately is there's something called jump cuts where basically you can say a line, right? You can say as much of you as you remember of the line and then you can look down at your script you can place your script right below the camera so it doesn't look like it's not very hard on your laptop. Look at your script, see the next line, right? Then look back up at the camera and say the next line. And then they can do something where they just basically take a close up of your face, right? So they're panning in and out between like maybe a wider shot, which includes a little bit of your body and then a close up of your face. And it will look completely smooth and completely natural. And it doesn't look jumpy at all. So that's something they can do. That is absolutely amazing. I will definitely be checking into that as soon as we're off because I'm actually working on my first and second courses right now. Oh my gosh, I have chronic idea disorder. I can't work on one at a time. I get bored. So I'm working on two, but that would be so amazing. But I would love to hear more about Source It and how how it actually got started and and what you actually Mm -hmm. do in Source It for your clients and customers. Sure. So let's pick up from the story where I left off. So I had said basically that I had quadrupled my own profits in a very short amount of time, like three months, right? So I was like, wow, like this is really amazing. And so what do you do when you have like a level five insight like that? Well, you do what any 
super extroverted Bonnie would do. At least that's what I would do. So I started shouting from the rooftops and telling everybody about how amazing outsourcing was. And so through that process, I started helping a lot of people for free because I was so excited about it. And then within like about a year and a half, I had seen their businesses grow and not just grow a little bit like 10x like so people were going from five to six figures and six to seven figures with what I had taught them and then I got this light bulb moment where I was like wait I could create a course about outsourcing I already have the case studies that's the hard part why don't I just teach this stuff and then other people can benefit like the people I've already helped yeah I remember the, the moment very specifically because I was sitting in a bathtub and I like got out of the bathtub. I was like, I have the best idea ever. Oh, my gosh. And bathtubs and showers are so dangerous. <laughs> right? Yeah. Bath crayons work really well for that, by the way. I could derail us and tell, talk about why that happens in the brain, but we'll, we'll keep going for right now. Part two. <laughs> it, has, it has to do with like the way the brain works when it's at rest. We tend to have more insight. But anyways, so... I got really excited and I got myself to work towards building an online course. And I struggled a little bit with the content creation and then I hired Cheryl and that all came together for me. And I started working with Russell Brunson and within six months of working with him, we had launched the course at a multi six figure level, which was amazing and had a lot of pros and a lot of cons to it. I was very lucky to have a lot of early success and I don't think I valued it because it came really easily. So that that had some downsides too. But uh, that's how Source It came to be. And basically what it is, it's at this point, it's this incredible program that's helped hundreds of business owners understand how do you let go of the tasks that are sucking the passion and the profits out of your businesses. And at this point, we've been lucky enough to help a lot of businesses grow their businesses really rapidly by using the same techniques that I had taught my case studies. Oh, amazing. And are you doing matchmaking for them as well? Or are you keeping out of that circle? No, I haven't done that. And there's so many reasons for that. But like, I feel like match. I love that you call it matchmaking, because that's really what it is. It's always a fit and a match. And I don't do that because I feel like the person is going to be able to determine who's a better fit for them so much better than I can. Because there's a lot of factors when you work with someone which are just kind of intrinsic fit factors. So much like in the dating world, where there's you can have two perfect people, quote unquote, or really wonderful, high caliber people, and they can go on a date and they can both have just been the most wonderful people and they sit down and there's crickets and doesn't matter that they're both really cute. It doesn't matter that they both went to great schools. Doesn't matter that they both go to the same church, you know, they just aren't a fit. And, <laughs> and I think that that happens in the hiring world too. And that's why I really believe in having people conduct interview projects where mm -hmm. you sit down and you work with somebody before you hire them. And once you, you work with someone, you start to know, well, do they have the same communication style as I do? Do they have the same values that I do? Do I enjoy working with them? Do they over deliver most of the time? These are the kinds of things that come out when you work with someone through the interview project process and, and through the hiring process in general, if you want me to talk more about it. And these things are so powerful because 
I don't believe I can tell somebody who is going to be a good fit for them without knowing all those things. And if I did, then I would be a recruiter. And then I would typically charge $15,000 or more per hire. And I don't, that's just not the business model I want to be in. You know, it's not the business model I want to be in either. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great business model, you know, and, but it's expensive because it's, it's hard to do. And some people are really great at that. And some people are amazing at that. And we love recruiters for that. Thank you, recruiters. Yes, exactly. Now, I love how you called it interview. What did you call it? Interview. Interview projects. Okay. I love that because we've been calling it probation, but I don't like that word. Like they're on a 30 day probation. Actually, note to team. We need to look at the thesaurus and find a different word. But many of our team members have come off of probation within the first week because they're just so amazing. And others just don't even make it the first week because they're just not amazing. Is your probation period paid or is it unpaid? It's actually paid. Oh, nice. That's great. Cool. Yeah. I mean, we've had people who were told, you know, we think this project should take 10 to 15 hours. And they come into the initial interview saying, oh, yeah, I have a great computer. On and on and on. I can do this. No problem. And then we find out that their computer is 20 years old and they've been doing the whole project on their phone and it took 40 hours. And then they want to send an in- invoice for the 40 hours. It's like, yeah. no, just no. Yeah. Yeah. So what I try to do to like avoid that, because I've had that same heart dropping moment and it sucks, is I try to give multiple people interview projects on the front end. And sometimes I pay for them. Sometimes I don't. It just depends on like what the hiring pool is looking like, i.e. if I have a lot of candidates who are really, really talented, I probably won't pay them. But if I don't, then I, I might suggest that we do an interview rate, which would typically be a fixed rate, which is far less than the actual position pays. And it's just a courtesy to them for their time. So for instance, Google actually does this and they'll pay their the people who they're considering hiring $5 an hour to go through the hiring process. Now, obviously, when you work at Google, you get paid way more than $5 an hour, but they actually give that to candidates as they go through the process so that they can, you know, just have their time respected because their interview process is really extensive. So similarly, we might give them a fixed rate for the project. I try to keep it somewhat in alignment with what they'd actually be paid, but not their whole rate. Maybe it'll be like half or a quarter or something like that. Mm So anyways, we give them that and we do that with a few different people. And what that's going to allow you to do is it's going to allow you to see in advance who delivers the project on time, who over delivers, who gives you something that makes your jaw drop and you're like, wow, this is so much better than I could do. Or someone who doesn't even turn in the project, you know, they're clearly off the probation period, they're clearly not working with you. You know, so I love that there's so much alignment between what you and I do, again, six years later. Yeah, it's so absolutely crazy. I actually on my website have a join my team page. Mm -hmm. And it's always open because I mean, in January, so just what, 10 months ago, it was I had a team of two and now I have a team of 10. So we just leave it open because who knows when the next person will be looked for. I love it. But there's a, there's a section on there that says who I'm not looking for. Great. And I put on there, you know, if you're not detail oriented, please, you need not apply. And I'll know if you're not detail oriented because, and there's a little section in there that says how I'll know. And that actually is the last question in my application. That's so great. 
Now, if you are looking for a VA or any type of that position and you just happen to be listening to this podcast episode, I will tell you that the detail I give in that paragraph is what my favorite snack of the moment was when I put that page together. And I tell you the flavor of the ice cream. Now, (laughs) when I started getting applications for this, some people actually wrote that detail did not find space in my short-term memory retrieval file. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. And they put that right in their application. I was like, but that was the, if I didn't check any other questions, that was the first one I was going to. Did they answer it properly? And then I would go back through everything else because if they were not detail oriented enough or resourceful enough to look at the page, because I would not put a question like that in the application if it wasn't somewhere on the page. Yeah. Then nope. I mean, I need my team to know that they can go refer to Google first before they start Skyping or teamwork messaging me. I love that. I love that you do that. Can I go through some of the the steps I would typically recommend people do with their job ads? Because one of the steps is what you just mentioned. It's just who is not a good fit for this role. Yes. Okay. So I want to give people at home an overview of what the hiring process is, because I think it'll really help them. And that's what we want to do here. So first things first, creating a really compelling job ad is really important. And I love to include things like who this is a perfect fit for, who this is not a fit for, so people can self-identify. And you don't have to put like it in a mean way. You can actually make it funny. <laughs> you know, you could say, this is not a fit for someone who's a starter, not a, fit- a finisher. Sorry, the person running this job ad is like that, so we're never going to be compatible. Can you I borrow that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Exact can, verbiage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be mean about it. You can just help people understand who would hate this job and it's therefore not a fit for them. And then you're going to want to include things like what are your company values? What's your mission? What are the perks of working with you? You know, like for Kim, like one of the perks is she's got this incredible podcast and she's funny and she's nice and she seems really supportive and they can work in a virtual environment. So those are all really good things to include as the perks. The fact that they get to work with an incredible team is a perk. But like, let's say you're just starting off. What would be the perks then? Well, maybe they're in a very fast growing industry where they're going to learn a lot, right? And get paid to learn. That's a huge perk right there. Maybe you're not doing that much yourself, but you're being mentored by some of the best training in the world. Mm -hmm. That's a perk. Maybe it's just that they work in a a supportive environment and they share the same values in life that you do. That's a perk, you know, so there's so many perks, put those perks in there. The next step is you want to filter. So Kim just said that one of the ways she filters is she includes details in her job description where she asks them to basically recall a detail. And if they didn't recall it, then she knows in a very yes or no no format, very binary, this is a fit or this isn't. That's so smart because it helps you eliminate like probably 50 to 70% of the people up front who aren't going to be a fit for the role. So that's a great way to do it. Another way you can do it is you can ask hypothetical questions. So ask someone a question about a situation of stress and how they might react. So for instance, you could say, imagine Kim has Gary Vaynerchuk on the podcast today and she's broadcasting it to her Facebook and Instagram audiences at the same time. During The first few minutes of the podcast, Gary's feed is lost. He's nowhere to be found. We can't reach his assistant. 
And we're still broadcasting on Facebook Live. What's what are five things you would do to keep Kim's reputation intact, get Gary back on the line, and make sure the audience is still entertained while we're having these technical difficulties. Oh my gosh, I love that. (laughs) Right? Like it's a huge problem. But what's that going to do is it's going to help you find somebody who's a problem solver who can get through a situation of stress where they're going to have to think on their feet. They don't have all the answer. There's no training manual that has outlined this in advance. So the beauty of that is it's going to deliver a person for you who can think on their own, knows how to handle a situation of stress, and isn't going to be the person who's going to be coming to you and saying, I would ping Kim and ask her what to do. Well, she can't help you. She's live. (laughs) You know, like, so. I totally would get that answer, too. (laughs) You, You would get it in the applications. Yep. People say that. But, but that's not the person who's going to be the right fit for the role. It's, that's not going to be the person who's going to thrive in that role. And so you're self-selecting them out. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that you and I actually had to, listeners, I had to ask Bonnie if I could call her right back before we started recording because I'm in the middle of a launch with a client. And Bonnie, I didn't even tell you this. The client actually asked if I can add myself as a presenter for the webinar tonight. So I'm like, okay, well, let me think about this. Yes, I can. But that means, um, okay, hair. And I had already told Bonnie, I am not camera presentable. So I'm like, <laughs> hair, makeup, you know, make sure I'm not wearing a cutoff t-shirt. But <laughs> she answers because that question will be going on the application. Just, you are helping my application so much. Oh my gosh. I like that I'm helping. I, I'm here to serve. I was also thinking about the bleeps of a possible interview with Gary. That would be a lot of fun for the editing team. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we could have fun, you know, get a really creative bleep sound that would go every time he cusses. You're so funny. You could do cuckoos. Oh, that would be so much fun. (laughs) Lang and Brent, please find an awesome cuckoo. I actually just, on the ride home from daycare a couple weeks ago, I had a five-year-old who was having a temper tantrum. And I actually told my 13-year-old, I was like, look up the, that Taylor Swift goat video on YouTube. Because that's what we're going to do to her every time she screams like that. We're just going to play the goat. I don't know. <laughs> that's so funny. Yep. And she Love just started that. laughing immediately because we played it for her. I was like, this is what we're going to do every time you whine from here on out. Oh, you know, I can't do so a good goat hilarious. sound. But <laughs> yeah. But I love those suggestions. And listeners, I hope you are. And we're not wrapping up quite yet but I want to hear what your biggest aha has been. So I invite you to head on over to the show notes page, which you can find at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP548 and just share an aha that you received in the comments below the show notes. Bonnie, you have been huge full of ideas. And again, I don't want to wrap up right now, but I just want to be aware of both of our time. Where can listeners find your course? Where can they find out more about you and, and all that great stuff? For sure. So if people want to get in touch with me, actually, if they got any value of this podcast, feel free to follow me on Instagram or send me a DM and just let me know or tag me in something like on Instagram. That would be cool. I'd just love to hear if it was valuable. And 
in terms of learning more, one of the best things that they can do is they can go to livemoreformula.com. And what that is, is that's our, our masterclass and it gives an hour of training and it goes through step by step by step. What's our hiring process? How do you find someone on any budget? Returning to your original question of like, what if you can't hire someone locally? You need to start overseas. What if you, you know, need to hire people at the perfect price right now? What do you do? And we go through all the steps. And then that's really the best place. So livemoreformula.com is the best place to learn more. And then if they want to just, you know, send a thank you or something like that, if this helped, oh, I so appreciate that because I love knowing that we helped. And your PayPal is so they can send donations. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, they no. can also purchase our course. Like, uh, depends on when they hear this. There's lots of like little tiny, there's lots of little courses. And then our course itself is incredible. And when they're ready to take that step as well. Bonnie, when your video course comes out, I want to definitely connect with you so we can add that to the page too, because I know I'm interested and I know other listeners will be as well. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, it's, it's going to be so great. I've sent it to three people already and they took three days to get back to me and then they all wrote back, this is amazing. And I was like feeling very validated from the approval of others. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> I sometimes feel very validated by other people saying that things are amazing. It makes me very happy. Well, if you need a fourth, you know, I'm just saying <laughs> I'll volunteer right now because it is definitely sure. on the horizon. For I sure. have had a blast. Let's make sure that it's not another five, six, seven years before we reconnect again. For but sure. Listeners, I want to remind you again, if you're, you know, trying to juggle your business and not burn dinner, all the links will be in the show notes at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP548. Bonnie, do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? I do. I do. So I want to teach people about a concept and it's called having a fixed mindset versus having a growth mindset. And this very bit of advice changed my life forever. So there's really two ways we can look at the world. There's having a fixed mindset, which basically means that you feel like you kind of are the way you are. You're as smart as you're going to be. You're as pretty as you're going to be. You're as vocally talented as you're going to be. You're as extroverted or introverted as you're going to be. And you're as capable as you're going to be, right? And then there's having a growth mindset, which is basically knowing that you're always growing. You're always changing. You might be a little bit introverted and you, like, you might you know, want to shift and be a little more extroverted. Or you might not be naturally akin to working out, but you might try it and really like it. And what they found is that people who have a growth mindset are more likely to be successful in their interpersonal relationships. They're more likely to be more financially successful, and they're more likely to be a lot healthier. And so I used to have a fixed mindset. I used to be the person who just said, I don't have a good voice. I cannot sing. I am not good on camera. I cannot do that. I am not good at sales. That's just the way it is, right? And when my mindset shifted to know that our stories change when our actions change, as, as Tony Robbins likes to say, that when you do the actions that are uncomfortable, that it shifts you into becoming the person who is a better singer, who is better on camera, who feels not so awkward at networking events, right? Mm. Understanding that 
that we're all growing and changing will make you more healthy. It'll make you better in your relationships and it'll make you a lot more financially successful. So that's my parting bit of advice is just keep going towards your dreams. Keep stepping into the things that are uncomfortable and you will become the very best version of yourself. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. 